I Will Never Be a Star, I Have Always Been the Moon, is an audio mixtape composed over the last year by the Root Kennel. Fourteen artists, musicians and writers were invited to contribute to realizing this project. Considering the inability of staging exhibitions in a normal manner, the project aimed to be recorded on tape cassettes, which would be sent out to inquirers, effectively bringing a group exhibition to people at home. The choice of what the participants chose to submit was theirs alone, with the sole restriction being to be kept under five minutes per person. The resulting pieces provide an eclectic range from spoken word to finished rap. Early 2022, I Will Never Be a Star, I Have Always Been the Moon, will have an official launch in St. Hippolyte, Berlin. Along with the purchase of the tape, one will receive a unique self-made poster by the Root Kennel and the Bingo Card. This will be used at a launch party where players have the opportunity to win a special prize. Dear listeners, welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to this mixtape. I'll Never Be a Star, I've Always Been the Moon, is a compilation of sounds comprised of a variety of artists whom we have invited to participate. The coming sounds are performed in successive order by the following artists. Yang Zhang Li, Elif Sedem, Kupu, featuring Drama Helmi, Echo Plus Seashell, featuring Taurus, Luzi Meyer, Manuela Ganero, Nicholas Secaldi, Michael Hoiben, No Ice, TRJJ, Vittorio Broadman, Lonely Boys, V.E. Holdings featuring Sakul and Mona Verishon and Zoe Dijon. Thank you and enjoy your listen. You're listening to Radio Root Canal and this is I'll Never Be a Star. I've Always Been the Moon.
Leaning out the window of the castle, Wesley could see the art handlers were here. They parked their armored car in the gravel lot in between the cascading staircase and the barbecue gazebo, next to Dr. Cornpuff's S-Class Audi, which was the only other vehicle in the lot. Earlier that morning, they had had their monthly forced breakfast with Dr. Cornpuff, the cultural keyholder of the region who visited them in his S-Class Audi for what was referred to as the production-sharing loop of concerns and aspirations. Before each visit, the secretaries were extremely anxious. The janitor would bring out steel trolleys from the basement. The secretaries would trouble themselves with polishing the cutlery, which wasn't even silver, and the cold, damp basement would buzz and ding and clink with nervous energy. Dr. Cornpuff was an extremely friendly man, showing exaggerated signs that he was relaxed over breakfast, constantly leaning back in his chair, which was balanced just so, and rubbing his stubby hands over his hard balloon belly in gentle circles. 
The secretaries would sit upright like tree stumps over their neatly set breakfast, flashing toothy smiles, their nervous lips parting like curtains. Dr. Cornpuff's eyes were always rimmed with red, a rawness at the edge of the mask of a cheerful bureaucrat. He would talk of his allergies. There were always far too many buns, many newly cracked jars of jam, which would barely have a dent made in them, but always replaced with unopened ones the following meeting. This time, Wesley would steal a jar on his way out, he decided. Dr. Cornpuff would wax and wane on the importance of what they were doing. It is so important, so important, what you are doing here. It is just so... It is brave. You are all so brave. When Dr. Cornpuff would muse like this, Wesley would zone out on the silver carafe of tea in front of him, which for whatever reason he couldn't understand, turned his reflection upside down, same as a spoon. He wondered if he put the spoon in front of the carafe as they both reflected things upside down, if the outcome in the carafe would be the right way up. Do two wrongs make a right in physics? He would want to look it up afterwards in his room, but would always forget, probably from the diluted quaaludes in the tea, or maybe the side effects from the monthly vaccinations. His short-term memory was a mess, which helped in the studio. He could generate the same thing over and over without shame, guilt, self-consciousness, or a sense of compromised integrity and a truly genuine enthusiasm about each work every time, brand new. But the lavish breakfast was over, and now Wesley was watching the art handlers come out of the armored truck. They were coming for him. Dr. Cornpuff was still around somewhere because the Audi was there, and maybe he was somewhere private doing something which would warrant the anxiety which always precluded him. Wesley grabbed the small crate of paintings near the door of his studio and slowly made his way down the wide staircase to the front door. His ankle monitor beeped a little affirmation at each landing, logging his movements until he reached the front entrance, gazed into the retina scanner, and opened the door to step into the sunshine.
näytettäisiin meiltä. En mä oo, mä vaan aina näytän tältä. Ootko itkenyt, sä näytät väsyneeltä. En mä oo, mä vaan aina näytän tältä. Ootko itkenyt, sä näytät väsyneeltä. En mä oo, mä vaan aina näytän tältä. No siis vähän. Itkin jo, mutta en halua puhua siitä. Change. 
no spirit in this world so cruel. Hang up your sword, follow where your friends call. What shall I do with your twinkling eyes, giving of a signal in hollow bronze? My puppet. She. Fact is, she, she. is here. She is a her. her in some capacity. Reality is not a form of experience. Saturday. Saturday. It is a quality applied to forms of experience. My mouth is open. My, My mouth. mouth open. I am speaking. My, My eye open closed. I am thinking. My legs open. I am ready to give, but not to receive. My thoughts, angry, angry removed. removed. My voice, matter-of-factly, neutral. neutral. My thoughts, fearful, random. My voice, Sunday, suggestive, sweet. Life is an endless cigarette. I am inhaling smoke. Place this body in a room. Bend, allow for it. Do not exhaust the body. A week, many days. A year, many weeks. A life, sleepless nights. A life, wasted, months. Sulking in repentance. Refusing to accept the ultimate compromise. Expelled from the Garden of Eden. Year spent in delusion. Week spent in abundance. Money spent, one week. I am dirt, wash me away. Each day, when the clock strikes twelve, I wish there was a way around labor. I am infertile, can't reproduce. The, the capitalist labor market. I am infertile. I want to give life, 
but all, but all shall, shall be stillborn. I have no emotion. I like control. I, I am rotten, rotten inside. Tuesday. Speaking is an obsession for me. I am talking to you right now. Tuesday! But frankly, even if you weren't here, are, are you, you deaf? deaf? Are you engaged? I have found an engagement here. I, I am grateful, grateful for the engagements, engagements I receive. I am aging. Gradually. Have I lost all sensuality? Monday. Monday. I am afraid that we have failed each other. If love is about understanding who another person is, that I have failed you many times. Monday? I have the capacity for brutality, for cruelty. I am good at gathering thoughts. They pile up in my subconscious. A personal grammar which directs me. None of the days of the week are what I need right now. I place before your eyes all the material in my possession. Let me explain its meaning, which may decompose slower than our human bodies. You smell of sleep and tears. I can see the pulse on your neck. Let me say this to the audience. We witness an animated corpse, which reminds us of what once was. I am a statue with the hope of reanimation. Give me a sedative. Throw me away. I'm cold and rotten and... Friday. Indifferent. It is no longer viable to exploit human labor as the mouthpieces for ideology. It is no longer viable to enlist the audience as receivers of ideology. Commit suicide. Tuesday. Tuesday. Unthinkable. You can refuse to move and be silent. Then at least you're not lying. She can shut herself in, shut out the world. No played roles, no faces, no false gestures. Nobody asks if it's real or not. If you're honest or a liar. We look we alike. Look alike. I think I could change myself into her, if I tried. I mean inside, but her soul would be too big. It would stick out everywhere. A, A year, year spent, spent in delusion. delusion. I don't want to lie, but I have reason to believe it's over. Pretense is negation of life. Need better, better pretense. pretense. Before stretching. Time. Wash me away. Wednesday. Wednesday. Stop making people into things. Stop objectifying people by blaming them for what they appear to be to you. Legs crossed. 
eyes covered. To make something that is not the case appear true. Standing upright, leaning against the wall. The world is all that is the case. A false display of feelings, attitudes, intentions. Come back tomorrow. Thursday. Thursday. The practice of inventing imaginary situations in play. How do we approach the plinth? Affected and ostentatious speech and behavior. In the center of the room. A claim, a claim to, have to have a particular, particular skill, skill or quality. Why is there a plinth? Where is the script? Where can I sit down to rest? Where can I lie down to die? How can I annihilate myself? So that I don't have to make these choices anymore. A choice is a plinth to sit on. A gesture is a frozen intention. Nobody can afford such insecurity. Time is money. Time is... Tick-tack. Tack-tick. Time is strategy. Money is time. What can form afford? How, How can, can we, we afford, afford to be, to a, be form? a form? To be in shape. Contortions of the spirit. Impossible in power poses. Dispossess me. How long will it take you to dispossess me? How many Mondays? Is, Is she, she even, even capable, capable of, of such, such intensity? intensity? Was a young hyena And for the first of May And for the first of May And for the first of May Mother arranged a ball There's nothing I detest There's nothing I detest There's nothing I detest Like a party in my honor What is this shit? I must go to a ball this evening There's a party in my honor
Each is of a white flower, like a lily or something, I don't know, on a pasty red, brown and beige background. Really the kind of nondescript decorative art made not to offend anyone. You know, the kind you'd hang in a room if you decorated it for other people, rather than yourself. All the walls and ceiling are white and the floor is carpeted grey. The wall behind me is just tall enough for me to stand, but the ceiling slopes up towards the wall across, and there's three big windows that look out onto a grass field, and in the distance there's a big farm in front of a forest backdrop. It's a really nice view to look at from inside the room. But it's dark now, and I haven't even been outside today. To be honest, I haven't left this room much at all, except to go to the bathroom. I forgot to tell you the bathroom is separate from the rest, of course. The other day I walked out of this room to get an aspirin for my headache after a bottle of red wine finished on my own in one evening. I mean, I told you this was a pretty romantic uh, trip. But when I stepped into the bathroom, I'd forgotten what I was supposed to get. I just stood there for a moment and returned to the room. Do you ever get that? I'm reading just now on this website, scienceabc.com, that that kind of forgetting often happens at physical boundaries. Apparently it's called the doorway effect or location upgrading effect. It means that memory resets itself when the body crosses the doorway between one room and another to make room for new memories in a different place. Kind of like how our computer reboot will clear the cache. I wonder if it means my head is slowly filling with memories in here. This place made me think that I'm kind of fine with being in a single room all the time, but then I had this dream that I was lying in bed. It started the moment before waking up. I saw myself kind of from above, trying to get out of bed, but then I noticed that the bed that I was in was actually growing bigger. So as I'm trying to kind of swing my legs out of bed to get up, at the same time the bed, like the surface of it, is expanding, and so I can't get out at all. And not only that, but as the camera kind of zooms out and I see the room that I'm in, it's just stark white all over. I mean, there's no walls or floor or ceiling. It's really just a vast expanse of white. Like the universe, but milk white. Is that even a room? A lot of people think that rooms in dreams are more than just a setting. They're really a symbol for the self, for the mind. A messy room means psychological turmoil, and finding a room in your house that you didn't know about might mean you're starting a new chapter in life or discovering something new about yourself. But what if the dream has no room in it? What if it mostly takes place in a void? Can I even say that? Takes place? I remember reading that in the late 70s, the British actor Michael Caine gave an interview in which he spoke about how he never thought about his lines, about what they really mean, because there are so many strange words in the world. Take the word living room, for example, he said. That's a very strange word if you think about it. So after hearing that interview, a Belgian band called Red Zebra wrote a song that seems to want to express discomfort with bourgeois concepts. Not exactly sure which or what. But, you know, anyway, inspired by Kane's musing, it does it by turning upside down the meaning and use of words that we have for very familiar interior spaces. I remember the song's riff so well, it went like... I can't piss in the toilet, can't sleep in my bedroom. There's no food in the kitchen, can't sleep in the living room.
Welcome to the end, you stood.